Hi, I'm Jackson Bird, and today I am joined by... Ash Harnell! Yay! Um, I think probably everyone watching this knows who you are, but just in case they don't, Ash, do you want to say a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Ash. Uh, I'm a queer and trans person. I am comfy with any and or all pronouns. As indicated thusly. Yeah. My channel covers, like, sexual and gender diversity and stuff like that. And today, we are going to be basically asking each other a couple of questions to become the ultimate binary, non-binary top surgery guide to being prepared for top surgery. Yep. Do you have questions about top surgery? We'll answer them. Maybe. <laughs> some of them at least. Because you are getting top surgery. I am next week. Ah, uh, probably. You'll probably be like recovering when this video goes up or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so real. Do you want to start with asking me a couple of questions? How should I prepare my body? What should I eat? How should I move? Things like that. You know, you don't want to have too much sugar, but pineapple, like before, okay. during, after, really reduces swelling. And do you know Arnica? No. So Arnica is like a, a homeopathic thing, I think, but it's it's very legit. Like, and my surgeon recommended it. A lot of people do. It's another thing that helps reduce swelling. You can get it at like a vitamin store. Okay. Arnica and pineapple. Whatever you do to physically, mentally, emotionally stay healthy ahead of time okay. is really good. Your body's going to go through trauma. You're yeah. going to have to be resting for a long time. You're about to go through a lot. So whatever you can do to just be in the most like tip-top shape ahead of time. Cool. How did you mentally... Because you're, you're, you're about to, I mean, even though you don't want it, you're about to lose something that's been on you for your entire life, and it is kind of like saying goodbye. And for mm -hmm. some people, it might be like, yeah, fuck that, goodbye. And I feel that a bit. But still, how did you mentally, like, find peace in permanently changing your body and doing a big thing to your body? Well, there was a lot of years of work leading up to it, because the right. idea of, like, taking something off of my body was really yeah. weird to me. In the, you know, weeks and days leading up to it, I did a lot of writing. Okay. Um, you might might have read my zine. <laughs> that was a lot of that came in like the days before top surgery. Your zine is actually the my favorite thing of anything you've ever made. Wow, thank I you. I love your zine. Also, I had a body painting party with a friend, like a friend that I felt comfortable with, and it was just like a topless body painting party to just kind of like. That's Celebrate cool. my body. I live in Minneapolis, and my surgery's in Florida. What do I need to pack? So many things. Double check how many pillows are there. You might want to bring an extra one. I hear pillows a lot. Yes. So a neck pillow, like you would have on an airplane? Yeah. That was a lifesaver. Okay. I didn't think I would really need it, but oh my gosh, that was the only way I was able to fall asleep. Some surgeons oh. tell you don't lay flat on your back okay. for a couple of days, so I would like kind of stacked on pillows like this <laughs> around my neck, neck and then uh -huh. just like sleeping like that for a few days. Right. But I would not have been able to fall asleep without that. I mean, the good thing is with all the medication you'll be on and just like the stuff that your body has gone through, you'll be pretty tired. So sleeping okay. should be a little easier, but yeah, you will be pretty uncomfortable. Other things to pack, face or body wipes are really oh, okay. good when you have drains in. If you're going to have drains, you mm -hmm. can't shower until those are taken out, which sometimes might be up to a week. Yep. So, Ooh. yeah, or like dry shampoo or your caretaker can maybe wash your hair, which actually feels really nice when you're just feeling awful. Uh-huh. Things that make you happy, like a book or picking out some Netflix shows you're going to marathon. I bought some little gold bendy straws because they just look nice, and I Aww. was like, this will make me happy when I'm drinking uh -huh. all my liquids and staying hydrated. Somebody told me button-ups because that way you don't have to like... Yes. Oh yeah. No. You. You, like... you. There's no way you'll be able to do that for right a while. Okay. Uh, definitely button downs and like zip up hoodies. Your arms won't. You can't go up. Can't like do that. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Back scratcher. 
Didn't ah. think that I was actually going to use that, but it was so helpful because you're going to be wrapped up really tight for a couple of days, and uh-huh. especially with your drains, you're going to be itching all over the place, so a back scratcher to help you when you don't have much mobility, especially in your arms. Right. Your arms are going to be like T-Rex arms. Okay. You're not really going to be able to go much like more like this. So okay. things you could normally reach like that, you won't be able to. Oh, okay. okay. And I do, so I have on my scars, like, one part, it's stretched, like, right here, and I really think it's because... I would reach up to get the bowls from our cabinet. At what point in recovery? That was probably like a week and a half, two weeks in. Okay. No reaching for two weeks. Yeah, at least I would say. You can kind of feel like the tug and the pull. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it hurts super bad. It's just that you know like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. not what I'm supposed to be doing. It's like right here. You don't realize how often this like muscle gets used. Sure. It's such a weird thing. So, like, opening the fridge was really hard. We, like, wrapped a towel around the handle and uh-huh. a little, like, pulley system oh, so I could open it. Yeah. Okay. I was surprised. It was totally easy. I could wash my face and brush my teeth and, okay. like, I'll be able to edit, right? Editing is, up. like, my plan. Just to edit. Yeah. I would say give yourself a couple of days sure. to not work at all and uh-huh. just relax and recover because your body needs it and your brain kind of needs it. When you've gone through a surgery like this, you went to sleep and then you woke up and your body was different. Right. Your brain needs time to catch up with that. Uh Uh-huh. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So I have a question. I have envisioned what my post-op chest is going to look like a trillion and a half thousand times. And I'm worried that it might not look exactly like what I'm envisioning and that that might break my heart. How do I prepare for that? And can you relate? Was that a thing? Yeah, Yeah, I can relate. I can Uh so relate. I think it's one of those things where it's a combination of trying to stay positive and and like, you know, put affirmational thoughts out there of like, no, it's going to be great. It's all going to work how I want it. But then also preparing yourself in case it doesn't. Okay. I was very lucky that like things went so easily for me. Uh Uh-huh. But I was prepared for the worst. Okay. And in terms of your chest not looking maybe how you want it to, you're going to one of the best surgeons. But still, he's a human. He is a human. Things could go wrong. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, think of the probability of that. Like, it probably won't. You're a very good candidate for top surgery. And think about the things that can go wrong. Most of them are things that can be revised. Sure. Okay. That's true. I could go back in for, like, a revision Mm -hmm. if I was unhappy with something. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But in terms of just seeing your chest afterwards Mm -hmm. with, like, the best surgery results you can get and maybe not thinking it looks how you want, Mm -hmm. like, that's maybe a a bigger thing to to consider and a harder thing to grapple with, too. I know for me, it started making me way more dysphoric about my hips. Okay. Like, from here up, I'm like, yeah, no, this does look exactly like how I want, Uh um, except maybe the scars, but, like, like, this is great, I love Uh it, and then, like, anything past, like, right here, I'm just like, Sure. You know? Mm -hmm. But then again, I'm, like, pretty binary, so I don't know how... How you might feel in, in that regard. I think I'll have to wait till after top surgery to see exactly how I feel about that. I know that my curves aren't my favorite part of my body, but yeah, and maybe top surgery will highlight that for me, or, uh, I'm not sure. What's your relationship like with your scars? Do you have pride in them? Do you like them? Do you dislike them? Yeah, I, I have pride in them in the way that I think pride really means, which has been getting confused, I think, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, this yeah. year, of people thinking that pride means that you aren't upset about things, you aren't dysphoric, but pride is like finding pride in something that is hard and owning it. I don't always love them. I really, really wanted to get peri areolar where you don't have scars across your chest like you do with double incision, which I got and which I believe you're getting. I'm getting that and I'm in the same boat with you. Peri would have been a dream. Yeah, and I think I was like really, really close to borderline, but I had been binding 
for 12 hours a day for five years and my skin elasticity just wasn't good enough. So that is a thing to be considering to all of you out there, mm-hmm. safely bind. So it, it took a while to get over that. Also, we were talking about, you know, a part of your body leaving and I was just able to conceptualize and be more okay with that when it was like, oh, with Perry, it's just like some fat's getting sucked out. Yeah. But when you have the scars, like to in my head at least, it yeah. felt more like, oh, you're like chopping something off your body. I had those thoughts much more before surgery. After surgery, it was like, okay, whatever, this just feels right. But my scars, I'm okay with them because of my complexion. Like uh-huh. I'm very fair and pale. They get bright red just uh, like whenever I'm like hot or cold or so you know which okay. is like any time that I might have my shirt off like at the beach so like when I'm at home and like treating them like they're like almost gone like they're fading so well but then like anytime someone sees them they turn red does anybody ever ask about your scars no but I feel like I've put myself in positions to not get asked okay what does that mean like when I'm at a pool or something unless I'm like swimming I usually put like a tank top back on and that's also just because sunscreen protection do you feel like your scars out you I don't think they out me in non-queer spaces yet but I do think as more that one day they will exactly as there's more visibility for trans people I think it's gonna be one of those things that clock us. I'm nervous about my scars. Yeah. But it'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I will say anytime I'm with a bunch of trans guys uh-huh. for a while, like if we've all just taken our shirts off because we're being silly or like right. we've been swimming or something, and then I go and see cis men so often, I'm just like, wait, where are their scars? That's Trying to figure out where their chops or uh-huh. scars are. You're doing your chest wrong. You yeah, what? These scars. <laughs> Did you feel insecure the first time you took off your shirt in front of your family slash have you taken off your shirt in front of your family? This is like a part that they've never seen before. Yeah. So even though it's more socially acceptable for them to see that because there won't be like breast tissue... I don't know. It still feels really vulnerable and Mm -hmm. like something that's not supposed to happen. And then parents are always so parents. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, so my mom took care of me like after top surgery. So so she was there for that. And that's why I'm asking. Because my parents are going to be taking care of me too. So like it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Like they're going to see me without my shirt on. But they've always seen me, you know, as like a goyle. Yeah. uh (laughs) I wonder if that will just like mess with them. For the most part, she was, my mom was just very pragmatic. And she's seen me with my shirt off a couple of times since the like recovery process. But no one else in my family has seen me with my shirt off. There hasn't really been an opportunity, but there's Mm -hmm. also been like, I could have had my shirt off when I was like there for Thanksgiving walking between you know the shower and and my room but I didn't Didn't. I very specifically didn't it just feels like something I don't really want to breach with them and then I think my final question for you is like I have like a weak constitution in life I'm just a fragile Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm worried about like post-surgery depression were you affected by that at all and then how did you cope I don't think that I was but I was so prepared to be oh I've heard that actually helps it not happen oh like, yeah, maybe. Like, if you, if you like, look at it and you say, like, hey, post-surgery depression, you might happen. I might get sad and I'm ready for you. People have told me that helps it not happen. Well, that, I, maybe. Okay. The biggest thing is to just try to remind yourself, maybe even, like, write a little, like, letter to yourself before surgery. About why you're doing it. Why you're doing it. Ooh, just I, so that your depression doesn't trick you into thinking it, it was, was a mistake. mistake. Because it's not. You know that it's not. Even if you are someone who, like, experiences depression, it's, it's less of just, like, a a case of depression happening for the random reasons depression does, and oftentimes it's more triggered by the anesthesia. Okay. So anesthesia can actually, like, cause right. post-surgical depression. There's some term for it. It's like a thing. Yeah. You can read more about it. Also, on a note, anesthesia can also make you super nauseous, and if you're prone to nausea, you can tell them. You can tell the anesthesiologist, and they put in, like, a little thing that's, like, an anti-nausea thing. Okay. So you don't get as sick. 
Oh, that's good to know. Okay, yes. cool. Do you have any questions for me? Yes. What was your process of finding a surgeon? Do some surgeons not operate on non-binary people? I don't know if they're like anti-non-binary, but they require tea. Oh, okay. Which yeah. And some non-binary people can take testosterone. So, right. right it's not, yeah. But I'm not on tea. I found a surgeon. Their name is Dr. Corey Agarwal. They were the original person I was going to choose. Where are they? In Salt Lake. And I found them just because I searched on YouTube, like, non-binary top surgery results. So there's only, like, four. And a lot of them were done by Dr. Corey Agarwal. And I was like, oh, neat. Well, this will make me feel really safe and happy because I know this person has experience with non-binary folks before. I've always been a fan of Dr. Garamoni, though. He does such great work. I don't know why. I never just, like, looked into him, though. I think I got so excited I found somebody that, like, special, not specialized, but had so much experience with non-binary folks that I was like, I'm going to do you. Then I found out that Dr. Garamoni operates on a ton of, like, non-binary folks. So that's how I found my surgeon. Yay. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Does he need any form of letter? or anything? Yep. Uh-huh. So you do still have to go to, like, a therapist, a psychiatrist, and get a letter yep. of, like, a diagnosis of gender dysphoria? Is that what he requires, or? I think the letter says, like, shows persistent signs of gender dysphoria. I also have a more, like, philosophical question for you. Okay. So when I was, like, figuring out my gender, I, you know, there were times where I thought... Maybe I'm, like, non-binary or genderqueer or something, or maybe I will just live out my life, like, not transitioning in any way. But even then, I still knew I wanted top surgery. Like, as soon as I heard what top surgery was, I wanted it. Before I knew what it was, I wanted a breast reduction. Like, that was just always how I wanted my body to look and at what felt like it should look. But when I was having those thoughts of, like, well, even if I don't transition, maybe I want top surgery, it wasn't in a, even if I don't transition, I'm gonna, like, walk around with my shirt off. It was just... I would still, like, present in a feminine way, but with a flat chest that no one really knew about. But that's not your case, or I think that's not your case. I'm just curious, like, how you yeah. approach it, how it's different from how what my gonna, experience like, was. How am I navigate being or not being topless post-top surgery? Like, yeah, part of it, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, we're definitely gonna just feel that out. Yeah. Because I have a lot of, like, fantasies and excitement for, like, walking around shirtless. I think that seems so freeing and so mm -hmm. exciting and going to the beach just in trunks. Yeah, that's so great. I, I think... That could be really cool. I think we find a lot of, like, affirmation, obviously, in representation. Mm -hmm. So I follow a lot of non-binary folks not on testosterone on Instagram. Seeing them for the first time with their shirts off kind of, like, felt like it gave me permission to do that, too. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, you're not on T. You don't have boobs. You're being topless. No one's being weird about it. It looks right. It just also, like, looks what they're, like, what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And so that's, that's, like, ideally what I want. We'll see if that's how I feel afterwards or if I feel comfortable comfortable afterwards also obviously my safety is a big thing going to a public beach yes. if I have a really like high voice and I'm kind of like effeminate maybe I won't feel comfortable doing that I'll probably start in like really safe small spaces but I also like this idea of like sometimes wearing a sports bra even though I don't have boobs yeah um I don't know because like I have a very like gender fluid part of me we'll we'll feel it out after it happens you know when I was figuring out my gender we talked a little bit about this last night of just how gender doesn't exist in a vacuum yeah and for me I get a lot of dysphoria from the society thing and how society treats me and so I just have so much like admiration I guess for non-binary people who are able to mm -hmm. just be themselves knowing that they're going to just get crap from people all the time. I just wish you the best of luck in navigating it Thank afterwards. You. Uh -huh, uh -huh. The best thing is that you'll be happy I outside think, of those spaces. I think, yeah. I think, like, at Pride, I will take off my shirt and I'll run around and I'll be Yay. so... I'll just, like, flit around and be really excited and that'll be neat. That isn't something I can do now, really, comfortably. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing this. I feel like I might get asked more about scars than you would because you just kind of are a guy with scars. 
Yeah. This is how I think society will read me. A girl with scars and no boobs. What? What's going on there? That's what I, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of either looks like that I or I bet questions. you'll get a lot of really inappropriate, like, people assuming you had a mastectomy for cancer or something. Okay. Even though, like, people who know about it knows that it doesn't look the same. I never thought of that uh-huh. till this moment, but, like, right. just trying to think of what would a person think? Like, yeah, if they read you as a woman right. who's, like, not wearing a shirt. Ugh, I don't like that. I know, yeah. Mm. So that'll be a thing I'll have to navigate. Yeah. It'll be really interesting, though, and I'm so glad that, like, you are sharing your story because, like you said, there's not that many examples of non-binary people not on T who get top surgery, and so I'll just be especially curious to to hear what happens and how you feel and how you navigate it. I'm excited. Cool. All right, well, thank you, Ash, for joining, Um, and I'm so excited for you for next week. Uh, We also filmed a video on Ash's channel about gender euphoria. Make sure you go watch that video and subscribe to Ash while you're there. And Jack is going to film a video with my wife in two seconds. Yeah, it's going to be super fun, and that will be on, what is the new name of the channel? Ash and Grace Space? Yep. Yeah, that's where that will be. And if you liked this video, make sure that you subscribe to my channel here for new videos every Wednesday-ish, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jack is not a bird. And that is all. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye.